is Sister Lisa coming to you from the ILL, the Edwin Elder Library, and this podcast is a time of just talking and reflection and just pointing others to the cross. I always try to say that because that is our motive in life. Sister Edwin Elder was a missionary to Pakistan and Africa. She was a very wonderful woman of God. She was a mentor and a, an example to my husband and I. And when we um, were together in Hutchinson, Kansas, when Sister Edwin Elder, which was my uncle, which was our pastor, his uh, mother, um, he had married my mom's sister. And uh, so we called her Grandma Elder a lot of times, even though she wasn't my grandma, but I lived with the elders. I lived with my cousins um, who called her grand. They were her grandchildren. And they called her grandma, so I do too sometimes. And a lot of people in the church called her mom elder because she was the pastor's mother and because to distinguish her between um, my aunt, my mom's sister, Sister Sandra elder, because when you just said Sister elder, you know, most of the time we were talking about Aunt Sandy, um, a pastor's wife. But anyway, um, when my husband and I were the youth leaders there in Hutchinson, Kansas, um, he wanted to start a library. She was, uh, Sister Edwin Elder was always one that was encouraging people to read and study um, the Word of God and books, good Christian books, and the Bible um, study charts, the uh, Search for Truth Bible study <coughs> chart, and um, memorized verses. She taught chapel class, and I taught chapel class with her for a while, and then she stopped, and it came on to me. I, I was the chapel teacher for a while. But anyway, um, my husband wanted to start a library for the young people and for the people at the church. And we named it the Edwin Elder Library and got a bookshelf and I had fundraisers, raised um, money to buy books from headquarters, uh, Pentecostal Publishing House, Fort of Plain, there in Hazelwood, Missouri. Um, and we're probably about like three thousand dollars worth of books and I know that sounds like a lot <laughs> but books would be average a lot of books are like paperbacks are you know a few dollars each but then hardback can range anywhere from 10 12 15 20 30 by uh, study books uh, concordances Bibles they can be upwards of 30 40 dollars so it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long to spend three thousand dollars of books, and then um, we couldn't. Beyond that, we couldn't put it in the church. There was no place to put it. And so when we moved to Tennessee, it came with us. And in all these years, we've added substantially to it. And in fact, I told my husband one day, I said, I said every room in the house has become a library because in the kitchen we have cookbooks. In my music room, we have music books, uh, um, song books, um, books I teach music lessons out of and different things. Um, we have um, arts and crafts books. He liked to do woodworking and I like to do um, all kinds of arts and crafts. Got all, lots of those kind of books and magazines, uh, same kind of thing. Uh, gardening magazines, Mother Earth, um, all those kind of magazines and books tons of those and then we got um, self-help books and 
books for dummies, like computer books for um, computer programs, websites, how to build websites, how to do podcasts, all those kind of things. Tons of those kind of books. And they've accumulated over the years. Uh, we like to travel, so that books about other places. Um, we, I say we like to travel. We like we traveled here in the United States a few places, but we like to learn about other places as well. And our family did take a trip to Ireland. We did go um, uh, quite a few years ago. We went to um, Dublin. We flew into Dublin. And then while we were in Dublin, we found out about a little fishing river, river port. And so we took a, like a subway type of train to Howth, H-O-W-T-H, and we spent an afternoon there, and um, then, but but we stayed mostly in Dublin, and took the tour around the city, and um, just did a lot of walking, and so we did do that, and we had a layover in um, in London, but it was at night. It was at night, so we didn't go anywhere. I told my husband and my son-in-law, I said, y'all go explore the city, and we'll stay here. And I know we're not going to leave y'all. And uh, <laughs> so there was no place to, the locker, whoever did the lockers and stuff, it they'd been, there was nobody to man those. There was nobody to have a place to put our luggage, and so we couldn't leave it to, um, to go sightseeing. So we stayed there, and it's like a homeless shelter. <laughs> Everybody laid out on the tables and floors and um, benches and just spent the night there. And then on the way back home, we had to lay over in Brussels and oh, that was a scare. Um, for some reason, my husband, when we was getting back on the plane, they were saying that people had a, to bag their, to, um, to um, put their carry-ons, had to, they had to get those um, bagged or whatever. I, they had to get those taken and put on, on the board. I can't, I don't know what it's called at the moment. But I said to my husband, like, no, don't do that. Well, he did. And I took, I took all my stuff out of the bag and just held it in my arms. My, mine was supposed to be uh, notebooks and things like, of that nature. But um, he did his. And so when we got to the airport, I mean, yeah, to the airport, he had to go stand in line to get his bag while everybody else just kind of sat in the lounge and I had to go with him because it was in my name uh, our tickets and so I went with Mark and we got separated we got separated from the rest of the people when we got through the other side we couldn't get back to them and was telling people I was telling the lady um, I was telling her that and then finally I said I said we found them and she's like y'all come over here they had to go over to another part and she says now I'm going to ask y'all questions y'all answer all the same time and I guess, I don't know if she thought we were spies or what, but they put like a little orange sticker on the back of our passports. I guess they were watching us. It was kind of scary, but we made it home safe. We all got back together again. It's like, oh man, that was just like, oh. Um, so if you go traveling, you're with, when you're with the party, with your other, with a group, never leave your group. Not even for, to go because we just figured we'd go get his bag, go get his bag, and then go back and join up with them. Well, it didn't work like that. It didn't. It, you just can't do it. Once we went through that gate or whatever, we couldn't come back through it. It was. It was kind of. <laughs> it 
was kind of scary and I don't remember how we met back up again I cannot remember all the details but it's like we were like, oh there he is I, I guess Jake had got up to use the, go use the restroom or somewhere I was walking around I, I can't like I said I can't remember all the details but then when we got in contact with him and then she called us all over to we were all able to get back together scary 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 but anyway that's part of how um our life went we like to travel that's how I got on that tangent but my husband and I we um we did we had love for God love for his people the our young people and sister Edwin Elber she was a great great woman of God a great woman of God and I'm just so glad that she blessed my life and I'm glad that I can touch your life a little bit and share with you little snippets of our life let you look into a little bit of our life and our adventures <laughs> we had adventures I tell you I tell you and so maybe as we're dealing with the stuff page 167 this is life after grief choosing that path to healing by Rebecca Hayford Bauer a book that my daughter got me after the death of my husband in September of 2021 so almost two years uh, she bought this book for me and I kind of just set it on the desk and then um, I decided to do a podcast with it. Use it. We've done quite a few other books. I I have them somewhere, but not handy. Um, a Man Called Peter, uh, and another book, um, Life I, to Live Again. Both of those books are by Catherine Marshall. We did those earlier. Um, the book on prayer by Brother Ken Gurley. We've done that book as a, on a podcast. Lots of books about prayer, 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 the supreme need of the hour. And I think when this book is over, I'm going to do the um, book by Brother Denzel Holman called The Intercessors. Talk about intercessory prayer. But right now we are on page 167. What will I keep? The application dealing with the stuff. Part one. Rebecca's husband, Scott, passed away and he was a minister. She's writing a book about that. Every loss involves some kind of paper processing. While I cannot talk about every loss, I can talk about the loss of death and what that involved. The paper process, death certificates. I remember feeling that the life of my husband had been reduced to paper, letters, photographs, files, sermons, books, and death certificates. Everyone wanted one, and the process was so incongruous. I-N-C-O-N-G-R-U-O-U-S. Because our bank accounts were all joint, I could go into the bank and withdraw every penny without anyone questioning anything. But the big box grocery store wanted a death certificate to remove Scott's name from our account. One of the gas stations wanted a death certificate. It was frustrating because there was no standard process. Though there was no standard progress regarding the death certificates, transferring everything into my name did basically involve the following steps. Writing an initial letter informing the company of Scott's death. 2. Waiting to receive a return letter letter from each company telling me what their process was. Typically, they would send paperwork they wanted filled out. The key variables to look for were A. If they wanted a document notarized, and B. If they wanted a death certificate. If they wanted a death certificate, they would indicate whether a copy or an original was required. 3. Then, of course, sending back all of the paperwork. The people who advised me recommended collecting all of the return letters from the companies and then going to a notary with all of them at the same time. This saved time and money. The day I went to pick up the death certificates was its own kind of loss. There were things the death certificate told me 
that had bypassed my radar in the immediacy of everything that was happening when Scott was in the hospital. The death certificate, of course, indicated the cause of death. Though I knew what that was, seeing it there in black and white felt like it was reliving it all over again. In movies, at moments like this, vision goes black or sound becomes distant. I always thought that was just for effect. It isn't. It actually happened to me as I sat in my car in the post at the, po- at the post office parking lot, reading Scott's death certificate, a very surreal experience. I don't remember what how he died. I was hoping. I was kind of glancing ahead to try to see if it told. I can't remember how he died, but I know my husband's death certificate it has four causes of death. The first one was cardiac arrest, and then there was obesity, and there was um, sleep apnea, and I can't remember what the fourth one was, but anyway, I don't have it handy, but um, yeah, it is kind of surreal. Books and Files Another large part of my paper process was cleaning out Scott's office at the church. His assistant, of course, had gone through things and taken out everything that would belong in general church files. It literally took weeks to go through every file, every email, every drawer, every book. It was all gone through and processed. An interesting side issue that developed from the files was the realization that I was now the owner of someone else's intellectual intellectual property. Scott had several books in process, loads of sermon notes, and teaching notebooks for entire seminary classes. I had used many of these things for my own research, and I hope someday to publish some of his works. Scott also had quite the theological library, another big job. When I moved, there were 40 packing boxes full of books. Before I moved anything, however, I wanted all of Scott's books to be embossed. He had a very cool embosser for his books. He just never used it. So I got it out and embossed everything. Many of the books went to my children, while others came home with me. While I've added supplemental volumes to the sets, they will always know which ones were their dads and which ones were added later. Hey, that's a good idea. Sympathy Cards and Letters And the cards. Admittedly, we had a large congregation, but it took almost a year for me to read and respond to all the cards and letters that people sent. Emotionally, I could only read so many at a time. One day, I sat down to read, burst into tears at the first card, and that was it for the day. Of course, I loved reading people's memories of Scott. One afternoon, I came across two stacks of cards, letters, pictures from the children in our Sunday school. Two stacks! Yes, the week before Scott's death was Pastor Appreciation Sunday, and the kids had written notes to Pastor Scott and drawn pictures for him. The next Sunday, they were drawing and writing cards of sympathy to me. Of course, children have only hazy understanding of what is happening in regard to death, and most of them would not have known Scott personally, but I spent an entire afternoon laughing and crying over the sweet things they wrote. They drew pictures of Scott playing football with NFL Angels in Heaven. He was skateboarding, rollerblading, eating, and going to a heavenly version of Chuck E. Cheese. I guess this gives us an idea of what they think are heavenly things. They spelled his name everywhere, every way possible. Scoot, Scout, and Scott. One favorite was for my nephew, who was nine years old at the time. <clears throat> he drew a picture of Scott, but without glasses. At the bottom of the picture, he included a note to make sure I understood that this was not an oversight. In heaven, Uncle Scott won't need glasses anymore. <clears throat> the paper process was very labor-intensive because everything had to be gone through. I had to go through his desk at home, too, because I was now responsible for all of that. But in the process, there were some sweet surprises. One thing I discovered was that he had already purchased Mother's Day cards for both me and his mom for the following year. 
I'm sure he was just trying to plan ahead, but it was a loving surprise to receive one more card from him. We had the similar thing with us. Um, my husband was always buying cards and then misplacing them, and then we find them later. And that happened for my man, for my for Mother's Day and for our anniversary. I found cards that had not been written in yet, and so every year I can read those. <laughs> I can read those events but then I also have a lot of cards that he did send me in the past that he wrote notes he always liked to write books but there was a couple cards that he got me like really big cards and he said I'm not writing he says he said that he wasn't writing a book on those because um, he knew I was expecting one but he did he liked to write stories and he liked the word of the day he did that and a lot of times he'd take those words and put them in his in his sentiments to me and I'd have to go look find out what they meant a lot of times it didn't even fit it didn't really seem to fit what he was trying to say to me um but anyway precious memories and I I'm like her like Rebecca I had my husband's sermon notes and uh, things that he'd start written uh, to write and his um, songs poems stories artwork sketches I have a lot of things like she said um it's like the wisdom when they died they took so much I told my husband before he died I uh, I told him I said that when he retired I wanted to start the bridge publishing house um, um, Traversity is what a name I was thinking of it means traver- like he said it means the same thing I said well, should we just stick with the bridge he said, it means the same thing, right? I'm like, yeah, but if, if I do traversity, I have to explain to everybody what it means all the time. Like a traverse rod going from, to go across adversity, <laughs> to help you to get across your adversity. But anyway, uh, to get all of our stuff published, I write songs and poems and stories and short stories, puppet scripts, podcasts, devotionals. I write all that stuff all the time. Some of it should be put into books and shared. Some things probably not or rewritten. You know, a lot of times I just write down, get the gist, and it would have to be edited. And um, these podcasts would definitely have to be edited. But anyway, just things like that. These are memories, and to go through things and to um, to sort through. You know, just to know what is what is. What is God trying to tell me through all this stuff? This is like our life. The books that He bought tell us about Him. What you study, what you want to, what you want to learn about, and what you want to create. Your hobbies—they say a lot about you. And um, so, keep journals. He kept journals, but like I said, a lot of His journals were word of the day. <laughs> Just words of the day. You can go get the dictionary, look them up. But um, yeah, the special things to know. To know that um, those words of love, those sentiments, those cards, they're priceless. The pictures, the little things. I'm glad I got little video clips of him um, popping his jaw, uh, shrill whistle of another one, riding his lawnmower, um, little things, Bible verses, reading a letter from two blows children's mansion to the grandkids, uh, doing the, reading the Bible. Um, Luke 2 story to the grandkids and all of us. Uh, different things from our family programs, Christmas programs, 
singing happy birthday to the grandkids. You know, those kind of things. I'm glad we got little video clips of those. And they're not in any order. I'm trying to go through and make a playlist and try to get this stuff. But I'm glad we got those things. Those memories that I could pass down and and um, to the grandkids over the years. Because they won't remember if I don't have those to show them. And to the one on the way that never got to meet her, Grandpa in real life. You know, she'll get to meet him through videos and pictures and our memories. And that's all we can do is just try to um you know just those little nuggets those little nuggets of things they're precious precious memories whoever wrote that song they knew what they were talking about they do linger they do we hold them dear to our heart and so anyway there is life after grief we gotta trust in god and just keep on one day at a time i love you all have a great day bye bye